Hello and welcome to the Poppin' Things Podcast, a pop culture podcast hosted and produced by Colorado State University students. We are your hosts, Chapman Croskill, Alec Erickson, and Nicole Conklin. So on this Friday, uh, today is the day that Pokemon Sun and Moon come out, which means that I'm officially on fall break and I'm going to go immediately after recording this and go pick up Pokemon Moon and spend the rest of the day playing it because I have nothing else to do until I go to rehearsal. Um, so that's really exciting. I'll have a lot of thoughts on it probably when we get back after break. Um, you're not getting it until over break, or are you? Yeah, I'm not getting it till about Monday, probably. That's so heartbreaking. Yeah, I I'm, know. I'm, I don't know how long it's going to take me to beat the story. I don't know how long the story is for this game, but... If it's like any other Pokemon, I'd say maybe around like 70 hours or so. Yeah, so I've, I'll probably mostly play it all week. I'll, prob- I'll definitely have it beaten by the time we get back, <laughs> let's face it. But I'm excited. Also, today uh, is the premiere of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. I saw that last night. Um, I, all I can say is that it was, it was really, really good. Um, they did a really good job telling a new story in that already established universe, but in a very, very different time. Um, and I, I was unsure about them doing, you know, a five movie franchise before seeing it, but now after seeing it and seeing, they really, really do hint at where they're going to go with the franchise. And so I'm actually really excited. I, I, I can defend some of the character choices now, but, um, you guys going to see it soon? I plan on it. So I actually watched an interview with Eddie Redmayne, who I believe's the protagonist. Yes. Um, and he is just a very cool actor. I really yes. like him, and he really dives into his characters. And just hearing him talk about it so fondly gave me a good feeling about the entire franchise. His ca- the character of Newt Scamander is really, really interesting. Um, I found him kind of hard to deal with at first, and and that's how he's actually meant to be. And you kind of, because, you know, he, he deals really not well with people, honestly, especially very early on in the movie. Um, this isn't really too spoiler. This is kind of just the character. But then once you see him around, like, the Beast, oh, it's... He he's a very good actor. Um, I've he's only been in a couple other big things, and you know, Les Mis and others. Um, but he he did a really really good job, and I think he carried the part well. I don't know if we're gonna see him again. I personally hope that they don't really try and tie the movies too much together as far as like the main plots, and they kind of use these subplots that they establish in the movies to build up to what I'm guessing is now definitely going to be Dumbledore versus Grindelwald. Um, but yeah, it was really really good. Yeah, I've heard nothing but like extremely positive reviews so far out of like a lot of the major kind of like critics so far. So I'm looking forward to it. I'll probably get a chance to see it by like Sunday and have some opinions on it for sure. I think what I enjoyed most about it is that don't get me wrong, I love the Harry Potter novels. I am like a massive Harry Potter fan, but they they really did feel like novels even when you translated them to the screen and they felt like books to movies. This felt like it was designed around being a movie and it, it works well because of that. Because because there's a lot of scenes that are very, very cinematic that you couldn't have described in a novel. Um, and they look very cool. And the whole setup for the final conflict is very interesting and very, very cool. And not not what I expected, honestly. Um, I was expecting you just kind of be wizards versus wizards. But there's this whole like thing. Go- it's, it's very, very good. Mm. I very much enjoyed it. Um, I think that I'm going to go write a review about it after this. Um, but yeah, I think that it's what we've wanted from the Wizarding World, like as opposed to, you know, Cursed Child, which I, I did not really enjoy. And um, other parts of just the expanded universe, I think this is what we want from this because there's there's enough nods to, you know, like the Wizarding World, but they're not all just like Harry Potter references just to like appease the fans. It actually feels like a story in this already established universe. So did J.K. Rowling, do you know if she had more of a writing position with this movie yes. versus Cursed Child? So, yes. Okay. Well, yeah. So when... In 
the opening of this it says like directed by David Yates and then like written by J.K. Rowling. Like it is her it is her screenplay. Okay. Um, which I mean, she basically gave the idea for Cursed Child and then I think let the people carry it, but it, yeah, it just didn't translate as well. But whereas that felt like a bad fan fiction, this feels like a really cool cinematic film to come out of the same universe. I just love that the Fantastic Beasts idea stemmed from like book one and it was one of Harry's books he had to buy for his first year. Yeah. Like it just, that led to a completely different story. Yes. I love that they did that. They did a very good job. I When I very, very first heard about this, I was like, oh, is it just going to be like... I was kind of honestly, the very first time I heard about this, expecting like Harry Potter-styled like um, Animal Planet something mm-hmm. where he's like off looking like, oh, look at this great <laughs> dragon. We're going to capture it. But they did a really, really good job tying in, you know, Newt's commander into this whole story and... Like, he's an important character, but he's also not, like, some crazy, you know, chosen one powerful wizard. He's just, like, a wizard who happens to get into this, like, kind of tricky situation. Yeah. Um, and I think that carries really well. It's it's very good storytelling, cool. which I really enjoy. Um, moving on from that, um, when does this, the Assassin's Creed, uh, was it the Ezio collection? When does that come out? It actually came out this week. Okay. And so that has already been off to a great number of problems immediately off the get-go. Because I guess, well, I mean, first off, if you got this, you get a free ticket to the Assassin's Creed movie that comes out next month, which should be interesting. Michael Fassbender. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually excited for I'm that. I'm excited for it. But I guess the team that handled the HD remastered is not the same team that developed the game. It's not straight from like Ubisoft. I want to say Montreal was mm-hmm. the team that yeah, made Montreal the original. Yeah, did the original. Um, well, they did Brotherhood, I think. Okay. Yeah, so it's Assassin's Creed 2, Brotherhood, and Revelation, so right. the whole entire Ezio trilogy. And from what uh, Polygon, Kotaku, and all of them have found, like the textures look nice. A lot of the character models just look really stupid. <laughs> and I mean incredibly stupid. Interesting. And so they also found a problem where like, you can in these games it's like very parkour-esque where you can climb up buildings right and like he interacts with the environment of the buildings now with the hd remastered he's not interacting with the building he's just like spider-man like on drugs climbing up a building (laughs) and he can't like climb over certain ledges (laughs) and so it's like a very broken game it was kind of like so far pretty poorly done Mm. interesting yeah and so it's been off to a ton of problems i was thinking about picking it up and now i'm gonna wait until like some patches are probably put out but what else because i'm expect? i'm not huge i'm actually not a huge fan of the assassin's creed franchise i just i don't like the gameplay that much and that's maybe it's just because i've only played like the first one and i think the third one a little bit um maybe i should actually try playing you know like brotherhood or revelations but i just i don't know i couldn't get super into it but i, re- I recognize this being the game franchise it is but this sounds really sad that they they put out a remastered edition that just sucks what was the uh, anticipation for this like uh, i mean building up to it no People one really, really expected didn't care. to yeah. yeah because like there's an assassin's creed game every year except this year and mm-hmm. so like no one really cared about i mean the whole entire Ezio trilogy came out on 316 ps3 so yeah it's not really those old of games I was gonna say, didn't they put out like the Ezio? there was the Ezio. there was an there was something they put out like two years ago that was like all three of those games yeah together. i think and then now they're putting out a crappy remastered version yeah and so like and so it's not something like oh i needed a hd remastered of but here we are and it's not great interesting mm. well yeah, there's that. Um, 
on probably the nerdiest thing we're ever going to talk about, um, <laughs> we got two trailers for what are anime adaptions this week. And so they're very they're very juxtaposed. I don't know if you ever ever really watched any anime, Nicole. Here and there. Okay. It's mostly your common stuff that yeah, I Yeah, yeah, that's with. that's uh, that's what both of these are. So we got a trailer for the American film Ghost in the Shell featuring Scarlett Johansson, and then we also got a trailer for Full Metal Alchemist, which is going to be Japanese produced. And what's really interesting is that you have Ghost in the Shell which takes place, you know, in Japan. Uh, it's featuring a very very an Asian, I mean like Asian robot, but still I'm meant to be an Asian character, and it's now being played by a white actress. I was confused by that. And then you also have Full Metal Alchemist, which the story actually takes place in what is meant to be an alternate universe, Germany, and you have the whole cast being played by Asian actors. Mm. And so no, not only do we have whitewashing by an American studio, we have... I don't know what to call it, but we have like uh, poorly casting by Japanese studios. So mm. um, I think the first thing we should talk about is probably... Ghost in the Shell. Um, this is obviously a big movie being produced by a big studio. Um, I don't know if either of you have watched the anime. I've watched only bits and pieces of one of the series. I've seen the anime. I've never read the manga. Okay. So I love Ghost in the Shell. I am actually like really hyped about this because it looks like they're staying true to a lot of the source material, at mm -hmm. least anyway. I'm not too sure how much into the manga like this anime was to like if it was like one for one or what have you. But I mean... The whole entire whitewashing concept. There are a, some white characters in that show mm -hmm. to begin with. And so I don't think they're going to do too much whitewashing throughout the whole entire movie with everyone. I don't know how many characters from the anime they're going to mm -hmm. introduce into the movie. If it's just going to be Scarlett Johansson. Well, they've got, um, I can't remember his name, but the other uh, android who has the eyes, mm. um, like the glasses over his eyes. I can't remember his name. He's a romantic interest, kind of. Um, he's in it. Oh, I wish I could remember his name. Um, I can pull it up if you keep talking. Yeah, and so, like, it should be interesting. I know it's not shot in Japan at all. I believe they did all the preliminary kind of shoots in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of interesting, but, I mean, Scarlett Johansson, she is a big fan of Ghost in the Shell. That's always kind of been kind of like out there, public knowledge. So, I mean, she would at least try to do her best to keep to the source material. And it's Ghost in the Shell is kind of like one of those things where, like, these it's all about characters kind of developing emotions and connections and so it'd be interesting to see that kind of like robot wanting to love kind of situation i saw the trailer and i was not familiar with what it was from but i definitely got the anime vibe from it yeah especially it, the way it was styled but i was curious to know like do they do that a lot where they go, take an anime show and they put it into like a live action i mean so it happens more than it should honestly because a lot of animes just don't flow well and that's the whole discussion with um full Metal alchemist mm. but i mean this is probably one of the biggest ones we've ever seen it's actually being produced by like a big studio that like i mean you had like the dragon ball z movie that w was terrible mm. the um, attack on titan which was also terrible and that, that was one, a japanese studio that was japanese produced yes. and it was also horribly done and that yes. was completely whitewashed because in, in the same sense it was like uh, Full Metal Alchemist, where it's like Germanic, kind of like alternate. No, well, like yeah, because in yeah, yeah in um in Attack on Titan, all of the characters are like you know Germanic, and that's why Mikasa is so, such an, like she has like that's part of her plot is that she is a rare Asian, and mm -hmm. she's like that's why she's orphaned. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, they it's interesting that you know we're seeing Asian casting of what could be white one like white characters, and then you see white 
whitewashing of what should be Asian characters. Well, what's interesting about Ghost of the Shell is, like, if they're going to go with, like, you know, changing up uh, Scarlett Johansson's The Major's origin story, like, everyone go- she goes by The Major, like, she doesn't go by, I can't even remember her actual name, it's a very, very Asian-sounding name. And so they could have just gone with, like, changing her name to something American. And she's, like, you know, an American person who died. And then in Japan, they rebuilt her into an android. Um, and then she's just the major. Like, that could have worked. But instead, they kept her, like, original Asian name. And so that's what's getting weird about it. I also just feel like that's a little the murky waters, if you will. Because um, I think that's just going to cause a lot of controversy over that. And, you know, whether she should be playing an Asian character when she's clearly not. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I think it's the big controversy. But yeah, and then moving into Fullmetal Alchemist, um, it's actually my favorite anime probably of all time. Um, I love it. I love the Brotherhood series a lot. I've read the whole manga. Um, and the fact that, you know, they're, they're cast, it looks poor already um, because you can't you can't have Asian characters. Basically, anytime you do an anime adaption with like very anime looking characters, which Edward Elric isn't necessarily, but even from the trailer, he looks like he's in a bad cosplay. Like his hair just doesn't work and it just, it looks weird. It's like fake blonde yeah. hair and like... Even in the trailer, they try their hardest not to show, like, characters' faces for too long. Like, literally, if you just casted a German actor with long hair who's short, that could be Edward Elric. Like, it wouldn't be hard. Um, And so, I don't know. And I also don't know what plot they're going to do because, you know, that's a very long anime, long manga with a lot of plot points. And I don't know what they can fit into, like, an hour and a half. See, Um, that's always the problem with, like, anime manga adaptations to film is because these stories take so long to develop. Like, an anime usually, like, they tell a whole entire story over, like, 20, 30 episodes. Right. And so you have to, like, condense something into two hours at most. And so, so, like, Full Metal Alchemist, they drag it out mm -hmm. like any other anime. And so... It's very hard. They're going to have to pick and choose from well, the series. I'm curious if we're going to see, you know, the homunculi um, because they well, that well, they would be cool. Um, I think you could do I mean, you could just have lust be, you know, a very pretty woman. But the animation would be hard for um, like greed. And I mean, Envy, I'd actually love to see a live action Envy, but I don't know how they would do it. Um, but yeah, here's me geeking out about it. I love the anime and I'm I'm not excited to see whatever they do with this movie, honestly. In other anime news that I heard is they're putting uh, Spirited Away back into theaters, yes, which is yes, they awesome. Are. Which is, I think, my favorite Miyazaki, probably. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, Me too. And also Miyazaki has come out of retirement. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be working on another movie soon. Um, and I just, it's hard to really hate like that, that style of, and just his production like studio ghibli just like they're good movies they just make you feel happy inside yeah um but yeah so that's that's very exciting um so snapchat glasses are out right snapchat spectacles, spectacles. is what they're called <laughs> snapchat spectacles are officially released and they are being sold in these little vending machines for 130 dollars a pair and these vending machines are just randomly popping up around the country like one came out in this like swamp area where like the founder of Snapchat had like a spiritual experience or something. <laughs> and so it's like these like weird places you never would expect. They like tweet it out and then people go and lines are like hours long and they've been selling out like crazy and then people uh take them put them on eBay for like 2 to $5,000. And I'm like are these that important because it's basically these giant pair of like glasses, very obvious that they're like cameras in the glasses. And like when you take a snap, it connects to your phone. And 
when it's Snapchatting, like this LED light up display, like starts going on the like glasses, so everyone Which around is you good. knows. I mean, yeah. yeah, that way you can't, you know, subtly. Yeah. yeah, and so, but like, the only kind of cool thing is the human head is kind of like a natural stabilizer, so I can kind of see some interesting kind of perspective shots from it, but like. I, this is such a fad. It has to be a fad. Oh yeah. People are actually buying these. Like They're pancakes, that, essentially. That's insane. No kidding. Well, have you? Do you guys know anything about the founder of Snapchat? Because I read a whole article about him. So he's ba- he was a frat bro. Like he was in a fraternity, and he started Snapchat with his one of his fraternity friends mm-hmm. with like his dad's money. And like reading the article, he is the exact sort of person you would expect to create an app that is very much based around like you would think it'd be for sending nude pictures. Like yeah. he is the sort of person you would imagine making that sort of app. Aww. And now he's so rich based off of this. And that makes me bitter and I don't I want to Snapchat anymore. <laughs> I love Snapchat's probably my favorite form of social media, but I, the founder is terrible and I'm glad that like well his company is owned is like been privatized and run by like a board of directors now and so it's not just him and that's yeah. why it's gone in a good direction like as a social media and he had to with with it becoming so big but well i bet yeah. he faced a lot of issues if he didn't keep it clean oh, yeah, and absolutely. safe yeah and they they make it very much try and seem like it's not meant for you know sending nude pictures but like that was absolutely like the initial use oh yeah so why why the glasses the glasses i mean snapchat is just the app that's all it has been for years Mm -hmm. now and so i feel like this is their way to like try and monetize on like their name and so like it's something specific it's an extension of their app that people can go out and buy because other than that the only way snapchat is really making money is through adsense because if you ever go through your friend's stories occasionally an ad pops up right you got the major like news organizations they have like their own little dedicated stories on and uh, it's Snapchat. cool. I mean, it's convenient. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. Yeah. And so, like, that, there's really, that was the only way Snapchat was making money is kind of through those avenues. And so I can see this as, like, hey, let's reach out to our consumers directly with some, like, thing that gets them to go outside more, kind of, like, use these in another way that isn't just for your phone. Mm. And so, I mean, it's an interesting take. It's not going to last long. No. This is going to fade. Oh, absolutely not. Incredibly quickly. But... I don't know. So far, there hasn't been any sightings of this like Snapchat vending machine near Colorado. So no, no one around here has anything. I hate to say that it. if I like if I heard the vending machine popped up, I would actually if I could get in line and buy the glasses, I would probably do it just because I I don't know. It'd be cool to buy like since social media is such a cool thing to me. But I don't know. Speaking of things that are selling really well, uh, what was this about Marilyn Monroe's dress being sold? Yeah. So I actually just stumbled upon an article not too long ago. So interesting. Um yeah, so the estate of Marilyn Monroe, some of it was being auctioned off, and she had an address, essentially. So she sang Happy Birthday to John F. Kennedy, and it was, like, this super iconic moment, and it really just, like, launched her into fame. Well, besides the fact she was already a movie star. <laughs> um, but this was one of her iconic moments, and this dress she wore was a full-bodied sequined gown. Mm-hmm. And so this gown was auctioned off for $4.8 million. Wow, that's a lot and of money. the company of Ripley's Believe It or Not uh, actually won that. Um, and I couldn't find what they were planning to do with the dress or essentially what it was for the auction that's a lot of money that's it's a lot of money for a dress <laughs> and um like her she had another dress that sold for half a million dollars so not quite so much but 
I I just think that it's pretty cool though because she's just such an iconic oh, piece absolutely. of film history. Like, she may be surrounded by a bit of controversy, but I will always respect her like as an actress and like what mm-hmm. she did in the scene at the time. But yeah, that's that's an insane amount of money. Um, I'm just kind of surprised that like I f- would have thought like a bunch of like her dresses and everything would have been in a museum or something. Right. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Um, Alex, did you hear that they casted Steve Carell in a Minecraft movie? I heard about this the other day, and I <laughs> Nicole's and really Steve surprised. Steve is going to play Steve. Well, we don't I... we don't know that for sure. All we know is that he's been cast in the movie. Um, it's being directed by Mac from uh, It's Always Sunny. It's being produced by Warner Bros. It's going to be an animated film. Um, in the idea, le- I think Lego Movie is really what spurred this on. But yeah, I was just wondering. I was like, this is not like. Is this like a story of the creator of Minecraft? Or no, um, this is just like. They- kids they actually wanted to do a story about notch um but he actually like didn't want to be featured or something like that um so that like never came about and it, yeah it's gonna be i mean they're banking on the success of what is now like an eight-year-old game but i mean it's still doing well you look at let's plays on on youtube and kids are so into minecraft and like yeah. fan-made animations are like pretty like high quality things when people make their own like short little movies with minecraft so like it's gonna be weird to see like microsoft and all of them kind of try and make their own like movie version of it yeah. at least in my opinion i'm okay here's what i'm gonna try and predict the plot i think that it's gonna be about steve Carell and his son and or daughter probably just son because this is still like kind of like Lego movie, you know, there's the son who plays with the Legos, whatever. But I think his son's going to get really into Minecraft and like Steve Carell being the awkward dad that he plays in like every movie is going <laughs> to feel like he's like disconnected from his son. And so he's going to start playing Minecraft to like connect with his son and he's going to like kind of like find himself like mentally transported in this story and so it's going to tell the story of like him connecting with his son through playing the game. They're going to like beat the Ender Dragon in the end and like connect. That's what I'm guessing. Hmm. That's my guess, and it's gonna it's gonna be kind of like on South Park when like Randy gets really into like World of Warcraft. Fantastic episode. That's what I'm guessing it's gonna be. So it's gonna like. be a real life and animated film. I that's my guess. Oh, okay. I don't I don't know, for, don't sure. know for sure. I they said it's animated, but I think it's gonna have real life scenes just like the Lego Movie did. I just like the idea of Steve Carell playing Steve. I want that to happen. <laughs> And if they don't make that he joke, always plays they need Steve. to make that joke. Yeah. <laughs> He's, yeah, he plays Steve Carell. Um, the one last little thing is that November 18th, which is today, is Cheat on Your Spouse Day. That, yep. Wow, I don't like that. Um, so you had a story. Yeah, so illicitconnections.com, which is like this website for adult hookups, has deemed November 18th a uh, cheat on your spouse day what? for the very specific reason that this is like the last weekend before we like officially enter a holiday season. So if you want to like cheat on your significant that other, this is the weekend to is do it. So messed because up. your spouse is going oh to be so involved in Thanksgiving next week. And then after that, it's all about like Christmas shopping <laughs> and then the New Year's. And so, like, this is the last chance of the year to do it. This pains my soul. Yeah. That's insane. And this comes, like, at the week of, like, Adult Friend Finder. That website got hacked and, like, 450 emails, like, just got released of, like, people who've been using that (sighs) for, like, cheating and everything else. That happened with another company not too long ago. Ashley Madison last year. Yeah. That That was huge. And that was really big news. And so, like... It is just the weirdest time to be alive because, like, I never honestly thought people signed up for these websites, but hey. Yeah, it's like suddenly we're idealizing these really messed up morals and values. You know, whatever. What do I know, right? But that makes me sick. Uh, That's, yeah, that's not cool. It's not, and it's just so sad. 
But on a cheery note, November 18th is also Mickey Mouse's birthday. Happy birthday, Mickey okay, Mouse. Okay, they would yeah. pick his birthday to put the energy yeah. <laughs> on your spouse day. Uh, yeah all right well thank you so much um we will not have an episode coming out next week because we will all be eating turkey and dealing with a turkey hangover um but we will see you again in two weeks where i will probably still be talking about pokemon um (laughs) as always you can tweet us at csu collegian um and have a great thanksgiving folks (laughs) 